<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey, America, welcome back to the Bauer and Rose podcast right here, wherever you get your podcasts. We are hosted by our good friends at JustTheNews.com, the terrific news site by magnificent journalist John Solomon. We're also on the Patriot Channel, Sirius XM Channel 125. Gary Bauer, I'm going to hit you with this. Um, And I, I don't know whether we should name names or not name names, but in the last day, uh, we have seen something bizarre at our at our favorite news channel. Uh, Tucker Carlson posted uh, video and images from January 6th that were taken by security cameras throughout the building. Uh, since that happened, the network appears to have turned against Tucker Carlson. Now, here's my... I, I, I think Tucker Carlson is terrific on a lot of issues. He's not on others. I don't agree with him on some stuff. I know you're the same way, maybe on different issues. But... What I don't understand is Republicans who claim that the images that he showed that were not doctored, not edited, were somehow less indicative of the pictures of the day. They were cherry-picked. That's what the media, that's what Fox News kept calling them, cherry-picked. How were those images any more cherry-picked than Liz Cheney's images that we've been seeing for the last two years? Was it a complete picture, what Tucker showed? No. But was Liz Cheney's depiction an accurate description of what happened? No. Thanks to Tucker, thanks to Kevin McCarthy, my opinion, Gary, we have a fuller picture of what happened on January 6th, and I don't understand the apoplexy. Uh, Forget about Democrats, they're always apoplectic, but I I don't get Mitch McConnell trashing Tucker, trashing Fox News for... Why can't we see more images of what happened on January 6th? Tom, uh, you you might if you have a piece of paper and pen handy, you might want to get this down. <laughs> just I'm just pulling your chain a little bit. Look, I, I actually think this is a really important, edifying, educational moment. First of all, they're setting up a straw man. Uh, Tucker Carlson didn't act like or promote the idea that this was just a regular demonstration. He said right up front that there were people that engaged in violence. It was inappropriate. Nobody was for that. And, you know, it should he be showed condemned. those images as well. Yes, yes. And, and, of course, they've been shown for two years as if the only thing that happened on Capitol Hill was those images we kept seeing over and over again. Um, th- but then he, he did show what, his, what a lot of us who remember some of these videos when they were happening in real time have been it's been inexplicable nobody's been able to give us answers how could police in many places on capitol hill open doors and wave their arms to tell people to go in what was that about that that those are not made up videos that happened 
Now, maybe they were trying to release the pressure outside, trying to diffuse it or whatever. What explains that there were videos? I remember sitting right at this desk, Tom, looking at the TV during that uh, that morning. And um, I saw people inside the rotunda walking between two rope lines. And they were stopping periodically and taking pictures of the stuff on the walls. And the, the, the announcer was saying, the Capitol has been breached. And I'm like, yeah, that happens every day. Those look like tourists. taking. They literally stayed between the rope lines. Now, there were other people in other parts of the Capitol at other parts of the morning that were shoving police and so forth. But the point is there were 400,000 people in Washington that day. At least 100,000 of them marched to Capitol Hill and only a couple of thousand of them if that ended up going, yeah, ended up going into the Capitol building. And many of those didn't trash anything. So, Tom, here's why I think this is so edifying. In some ways, it it, it actually makes the uniparty um, point. Explain uniparty. Well, well, that that there are really there. You know, it looks like there are two people, two parties, diametrically opposed to each other, and of course, they are on abortion, on same-sex marriage, and all kinds of issues. But on a lot of really big things, they they follow the same instincts. They were all in for globalism. They were all in for the big trade deals. They were all in for giving China most favored nation status. They're all in, and this is where you and I will sometimes disagree, for getting us into wars that they don't intend to let our soldiers fight. No win wars because we fight Listening to the editorial board of the New York Times, we haven't won a war since the end of World War II. Uh, people are tired of that. Uh, they both really, at the end of the day, you know, one of them, you know, the Democrat Party makes excuses for letting in millions of people. But the Republican Party, many of them did everything they could to prevent the Trump-Pence administration from building the wall. They fought like crazy against the idea that the military should be put at the border until we can secure it. So I think when you see Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer coming together yesterday, they haven't been together on anything I can think of in recent months. But yesterday they came together to condemn Tucker Carlson. And I think it's because they both have an interest in making sure not only that Donald Trump never has anything to do in American politics again, can never be president again. But, Tom, even more important than that, they both have an interest in making clear to millions of Americans, don't you dare think that you have a right to elect presidents and senators that will speak for middle America. We'll, you know, we'll run and you'll vote for us and we'll throw you a couple of bones. But at the end of the day, no populist conservatism, no America first, no, you know, end the big trade deals, no popul- no populism, you know, Wall Street before Main Street. And unfortunately, Tom, those are the impulses of the two political parties. Now, look, there should have been outrage late yesterday by McConnell and Mitt Romney and Senator uh, whatever his name, Conrad from North Dakota and Tom Tillis 
another open borders guys constantly trying to negotiate some sort of amnesty or whatever. They should have been outraged over the clear evidence that the January 6th commission edited evidence, tainted videos, tainted evidence to try to destroy a duly elected senator of the United States, a Republican senator, Senator Hawley from Missouri, by making it look like he ran like a little coward with his tail between his legs to get out of the Capitol building as quickly as he could, taking out all the rest of the footage that showed the police demanding, pushing members of Congress and their staff to run down this hallway, let's get to a place where it's safer as quick as we can. They cut all that out so that all you see is Hawley, who, by the way, was at the back of that group. He was one of the last ones leaving. They played that video, Tom, in an open hearing room so the audience could laugh out loud. And I'll guarantee you they will use it in campaign ads when Hawley is up for reelection. That's what – McConnell should have been outraged about yesterday that that was done to one of his Republican senators. Or they could have been outraged that the Federal Trade Commission yesterday peppered Twitter with demands for information on what journalists cooperated in releasing the tweets that showed that there was uh, work going on between the deep state and Twitter. Who were uh, you? Know, what was the reason that James Baker, the FBI lawyer, was fired by Twitter, demanding all copies of emails that refer about, uh, to Elon Musk, detailed explanations about why firings were done from the Federal Trade Commission of Twitter. Again, the weaponization of a federal agency to attack the First Amendment. That's what this is about. One social media platform is now trying to be fair, and the left cannot stand it. And as far as I know, Mitch McConnell and Tom Tillis and Mitt Romney didn't say a you-know-what word about that evidence of how our freedom is under attack. I'm curious, and this is from a um, strictly journalistic perspective, how the release of, of some of this new footage – and it doesn't contradict any of the other footage we've seen no. on a nonstop two-year loop. Yes, there was violence on January 6th. We saw it. We've seen it nonstop. This doesn't – this just adds to the picture. It gives us a fuller understanding of what happened that day. Yet we have our own people. We have Mitch McConnell. We have his um, – uh, Charlie McCarthy, his mannequin, uh, John Thune, the senator from South Dakota, who seems to do nothing but stand behind uh, Mitch McConnell every time these outrageous comments are made, uh, hearing nothing from him, that uh, this, was a, this was a big mistake on the part of Fox News. And then we have your friend Brett Baer, maybe I shouldn't mention the names, uh, doing a newscast last night, which basically spent the first seven or eight minutes attempting to undermine everything... Uh, these images showed as if it was Tucker. Tucker Carlson didn't take these pictures. They were taken no. by Capitol Police. I mean, Mark Levin made this point last night on his radio show. Who was Kevin McCarthy to give it to? Joe Scarborough? Who was he going to give the tapes to? Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I mean, this is insane. Tom, this whole city for the entire time I've been in Washington, D.C., 
every reporter in this town has said they have a right to all information and that anything being kept secret or private or whatever, if they can find a source to leak it to them, they're going to leak it to the public. And if somebody dares attack them for doing that, they will go after that person for trying to censor the truth, etc. And all of a sudden, on an event that we're told was an attempt to overthrow the United States government, an insurrection we're told the American people have no right to see these videos. Now, Tom, there were some things that came out that were very clarifying. Uh, that police officer um, that died of a uh, blood clot the next day uh, is seen multiple times in the video, in the videos, unharmed and directing traffic, uh, trying to keep uh, crowds away from certain areas. You may remember, Tom, that within a day or two of this event, the New York Times ran a story uh, after his death from this blood clot that he had been beaten over the head with a fire extinguisher by one of the Trump supporters. That then morphed into Trump supporters killed a police officer. Within a few weeks, the story was Trump supporters killed policemen, plural. Now figures are thrown out five or six policemen. We don't know what caused the blood clot. I mean, we're seeing people dying, by the way, of blood clots and heart attacks and all sorts of things that didn't happen before the COVID vaccine. But that's a whole other story. But we know he left Capitol Hill that day, not injured and showing no signs of illness and died the next day. The only person that died on January 6th was a Trump supporter, a woman who was a veteran of the U.S. military, who was shot at point-blank range. She was unarmed. And, sort and of thing, four, four feet 11, I think. Right. The sort of thing that would drive mobs into the streets objecting. If any police officer in America shot somebody point-blank that was unarmed, that police officer would already have been required to step down while an, event, an, an investigation was conducted. Do you know what happened to the gentleman that shot her, Tom? Nothing. He was, he was lionized. He was taken, well, he was taken to a military base outside of Washington, D.C., where he was kept safely in a home and in a, in a house for four months so that nobody could get at him. Nobody could interview him. Nobody could harm him in any way. They literally protected him as if he was some sort of American hero or what. I mean, it's anyway. So there's that. And then, Tom, there's the the odd story of this guy. I think his last name is Epps. Yep, Ray yep. Epps. Ray Epps, who is seen all over the video urging the crowd to attack the Capitol building, urging them on. And the FBI that is still pouring over video and going out all over America and arresting people if they can identify a face on the video, strangely, does not, does not arrest Ray Epps. Why is that? Well, there's the suspicion that Ray Epps and many others on the Hill that day were, in fact, plainclothes people acting on behalf of federal law enforcement. And uh, the um, head of the FBI, uh, Ray, 
refuses to answer the question directly. Were, did you have people on Capitol Hill in that crowd? Uh, so there's a lot going on here, Tom, and it is disgusting to me that uh, Republican leaders, any of them, would have jumped on uh, Tucker Carlson for merely doing what reporters do every day. I, re- I remember confronting the editor of the Washington Post, Tom, uh, many years ago. I forget the guy's name. Uh, he spoke at some event. He opened it up for questions. He had just the Post had just released some story on classified documents. And I said to him, I want to ask you a question. If you had found out the plans uh, for when D-Day was going to happen, would you print them in the Washington Post? And he said, absolutely. The people have a right to know. That was that's the that's the prevailing mindset in Washington D.C. Except about right. except been. about anything that might detract yes. from their power and authority, which is this right. classic case of being appalled that that publicly uh, available footage taken by the Capitol Police that for two years, four thousand hours, or maybe it's forty thousand, I don't know how many, but many, many hundreds, if not thousands of hours of this video available for law enforcement purposes had been purposefully denied public release. And when it is released, it it simply provides you know, I'm sounding like a broken record here, a it simply provides a fully a, a, a fuller picture of what happened. The big thing, and there's a piece in the New York Post this morning, you probably saw it, the disclosures that most seem to upset uh, what you brilliantly call the Uniparty, that's your best line, uh, relate to this this uh, Jacob Chansley, this, um, the QAnon shaman, the guy who yeah. dressed up as... The guy who uh, definitely needs some... All right, uh, I mean, he dressed up as... Assistance. Right, he, he dressed up as James P. Sullivan from Monsters, Inc., you know, the green monster that uh, was voiced over by... by um, John Goodman. And the footage raises more questions than it answers. It does. Totally unarmed. Obviously, he's got a screw loose. I'm not defending him uh, in that sense. But I didn't think it was a crime to have a screw loose. You see him walk peaceably through the front door. He didn't climb through a window. He couldn't have with his, you know, Viking yes. horns or whatever Knock it was. Off, right? <laughs> uh, walking through, he was he was pleasantly escorted through the building by law enforcement officers. He's been given a four year sentence. Spent most of that time in solitary com- solitary confinement. Um, He's too uh, a veteran, by the way, Tom. Is that right? In the United States military, I believe the Navy. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, the testimony related to him was was. Troubling at the outset, the the uh, denial of the committee. Of course, there were no Republicans, um, no non rhinos on that committee. No Republicans appointed by the minority to sit on that kid, committee. So there was no cross examination. Um, there was no right to defense of uh, witnesses. But the footage of this guy walking through, you know, with his screaming or whatever it was he was doing, it was unpleasant, but hardly criminal, and certainly not violent. Um, is this going to do anything to help his case? I, I mean, if I were his attorneys, I, I would uh, I would file a writ with the court asking for a, a retrial. The fact that that kind of evidence was available and kept from by elements of the federal government from his attorneys so they could not offer the proof of that in the courtroom of, you know, this was not some guy running through 
the, the Capitol destroying public property or breaking anything. In fact, Tom, you, you see him many times walking and there are police officers walking with him. And at one point he stops and he says to the police officers, would you mind if I pray for you? And they go, no, that would be wonderful. So he prays for the work being done by these police officers. We're always told, Tom, that, you know, we've got people in jail that don't belong in jail. Our jails are overcrowded. The jails ought to be saved for the people that are real threats to the public order. If the republic is threatened by a guy like that, then we're in much deeper problems than than I think we are. Forget taking on Russia and Ukraine and communist China. If a guy wearing Viking Viking horns is a threat to the American (coughs) Republic and he has to have – be put in a prison cell for four years and the keys thrown away. Tom, back to that police officer. God rest his soul. My heart goes out to his family. I've been told that that police officer was a Trump supporter, and then I've I've been told that's inaccurate. So I I don't know. Uh, It breaks my heart that the man died the next day of a a blood clot. There have been several other Capitol Hill policemen over the last two years that have committed suicide. And those deaths are all being blamed on Donald Trump supporters who went to Capitol Hill. Well, it's, it's no secret, Tom, that every major police force in the country has a crisis with police officers committing suicide. They're overworked. They're underpaid. They're constantly being second guests. The president of the United States calls them systemic racists. Uh, nobody loves them. People want to defund them. Uh, And they're committing suicide. The number of Border Patrol officers in the last two years that have committed suicide is through the roof. It has broken all previous records. Does anybody in the Republican Party say the 10th or the 12th Border Patrol officer has committed suicide and it's all on the shoulders of Joe Biden and his enablers in Congress because they're the ones putting these Border Patrol agents in an impossible position. They can't get another job. They're constantly under pressure. They're not allowed to do their job. So they're depressed. They're worried about their families. And this is what's happening. No, because we never play by those rules. Only the left engages in this kind of hyperbole and damning commentary, and we continue to let them get away with it. In fact, we join them in some cases in attacking real conservatives, real grassroots people in our own political party. Meanwhile, just to to, uh, close the loop on that, I am curious, and we will be following here at the Baron Rose Podcast, what is happening at Fox News? Because it was was actually kind of dramatic. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Bauer and Rose Show on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, and the podcast, the Bauer and Rose Podcast, at justthenews.com. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
It is the Bauer and Rose podcast on justthenews.com. I want to move now, if you don't mind, and even if you do, to uh, the... the uh, when does it ever matter to find the, the, uh, the cartel kidnapping and murder of Americans. Uh, this case, uh, two, four Americans in Mexico, uh, three apparently there to help the fourth obtain some medical treatment that was too expensive for him to obtain in the United States with North Carolina plates, two murdered, uh, two injured. Um, I was not aware of this, I think because our media doesn't focus on it. 600 Americans a year are kidnapped in Mexico. 600 Mexican cartels in 2018, according to our own uh, DOJ and FBI analyses, made, netted, $500 $500 million from human smuggling, drug trafficking, and other nefarious organized crime activities in 2018. Last year, according to the same analysis, these gangs made $13.2 billion, half of which, $7 billion, came from human smuggling. We can thank Joe Biden for that, because with the border wide open, the opportunity for organized criminals to control that Traffic flow, which is massive, is huge. And the explosion of, of drug trafficking, particularly fentanyl that's made in Chinese uh, uh, drug mills, shipped to Mexico and then literally trotted, if not trotted, walked, uh, gallivanted across our border. These gangs are, are I, I mean, these gangs have higher GDPs than, than some nations on earth. And the Biden administration yesterday shrugs off any criticism. It's obviously clear to me that they're going to go on empowering these cartels while trying to get the Mexican government to handle it. We've had trouble with the Mexican border uh, for 150 years. Um, and a lot of presidents did stuff about Woodrow Wilson invaded Mexico, the Pancho Villa raids in 1912 by Blackjack Pershing. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower signed several executive orders expelling Tens of thousands of Mexicans who were far less violent than those today. But I think the issue is not so much the dysfunction of Mexico as it is the weakness of the American administration. We're simply throwing up our arms, throwing up our hands, um, and basically admitting that these broken societies, which exist in this instance on our southern border, from which these domestic threats arise... There's nothing we can do about them. I mean, we spend all this time, attention, and money trying to fix those societies, even though it never works. You know, we we occupy countries, we invade countries, um, and we spend very little time trying to fix the problem of our own weakness, of our own shortcoming at home that make us vulnerable to these dysfunctional states. I I agree, Tom. Look, uh, the State Department yesterday, you know, was emotional and – uh, so was uh, the, uh, this was there was a motion at the White House press briefing in the sense that they were saying, look, we keep trying to tell you, do not go into these areas of Mexico. There is danger there. There are bad people on the other side of the border. So if you go in there, this is what is going to happen. Tom, we're letting those dangerous elements that our State Department is telling us we can't go into Mexico because we'll run into them. We're allowing them to pour into America. Mexico and bad places throughout Central America are coming into America. 
So you're going to have to tell people to start avoiding downtown Chicago. You know, the, you know, Manhattan, if it's after 11 o'clock at night, because the same crime ridden elements pushing these drugs are all over the cities of the United States. We lose 80 to 100,000 Americans a year in the United States from the poison being pushed by these criminal elements. If I can interject one statistic, because I looked at this yesterday. Sure. We lose six Americans to fentanyl for every one that we lose to gun violence. Ah, there you go. I, I had a similar sight. I knew that, that more people are dying from the fentanyl that are dying from gun violence. But all we hear about is the gun violence, really. So uh, my heart breaks again for the families that have been touched by this outrageous attack on four Americans in Mexico. But at least they are getting the attention of the American public. Their funeral won't just be a private affair. There will be a lot of attention paid to it. The eighty to 100,000 families that have lost their sons, their husbands, their wives, their, their children, their daughters, etc., by and large, those funerals are unremarked on. They don't get their moment to shine, to talk about their loved ones and how they went wrong or how their death was inadvertent. Um, this is outrageous. Tom, Senator McConnell should be figuring out a way under the rules of the Senate to be offering a bill every day to finish building the border wall. I would urge uh, McCarthy to every week make House Democrats vote on an appropriation bill that will fund the completion of the border wall. Make them go on the record day after day after day. And I would tell the head of the RNC as the votes are being held Start making the commercials now. The commercials of funerals. I tell you, commercials of violence. I got a great commercial for you right there. At the Summit of the Americas last, when was it, October, uh, November, in in L.A. or Southern California, the president of Mexico, AMLO, Oprah's Lobador, I can't remember his first name, but they called him. He thanked Biden, right? Well, not only did he thank Biden, he said in Spanish— uh, to his domestic audience with Joe Biden standing right next to him, that Joe Biden is a great friend of Mexico because he hasn't built one square. F- he hasn't added to the wall by one foot. There you go. There you go. And, and look, I think Biden loved to hear that because for him, it was further confirmation that the people that are coming in are going to be voters for the Democrat Party. Now, I know some of us have convinced ourselves that because we've seen that Cuban Americans have gone to the uh, toward the Republicans, a lot of Venezuelans uh, escaping the socialism uh, of Venezuela, at least those in Florida appear to statistically have come toward Republicans. But I'm telling you, Tom, a lot of the people pouring in from Central America, those are not going to be Republican voters. In fact, if they get citizenship, that alone is a sign that we have failed. Because if you've come into this country not following the laws of the United States, you should be prohibited from ever being naturalized as a U.S. citizen. What did you make of... The uh, CPAC speech by President Trump on Saturday. Um, 
Well, I know this is going to shock you. I loved it. I, I mean, I, I thought it was a strong speech. Why would that I, shock me? I, I, well, I, I, well, I know. I, I mean, you, I'm just being facetious okay. with you a little bit, pulling your, pulling your leg. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was good. Um, I, I'm pleased that he did not say a bunch of nasty things about his competitors uh, like DeSantis and Mike Pence and uh, Haley and so forth. But he did get kind of nasty with uh, the, the the Bush dynasty, Karl Rove, uh, the uh, the Lincoln Project, uh, w- which uh, ought to be called the John Wilkes Booth Project. Uh, <laughs> oh, it, it no more looks like something Abraham Lincoln would be far in the man in the, in the moon. For, you, for those of you who have forgotten, folks, this is a group that claims to be Republican. It's a Democrat front. It's 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 complete funding is coming from a bunch of of uh, Democrat billionaires, and its job is to go into races, uh, close races, and run ads acting like they're Republicans. The Lincoln Project to attack the Republican conservative or the Republican uh, populist that's been elected for those races. Uh, you know, getting back to to Fox, Tom, they did an interview of some guy, I, I don't know who he was, who criticized the speech because he said it was all, it was just looking backwards. People don't want that. They don't want to look backwards. Well, he, it was looking backwards to the successful Trump-Pence policies that Trump says he will reinstitute if he comes in. And that's exactly what people want. They want to go back to a more secure border, lower taxes, less bureaucracy, uh, you know, all the rest, you know, good constitutional justices being nominated to the various courts. Uh, so I, I don't know what's happening over at Fox, Tom, but it it, it uh, strikes me that I think they're headed to – I think they might be headed to a, a, gig- a gigantic breakup. I, I noticed today that, that Brian – uh, from uh, the morning show was back in a coffee house uh, in uh, Florida. He was in one a couple weeks ago, and and he started going table to table. Uh, you know, this is the, this is the sin. People love DeSantis here. Everybody breaks out applauding, and then he starts going up to people. So, who do you want to get nominated? Trump. <laughs> and every person he asked said, well, Trump or DeSantis, I love them both. Today, he, he wasn't going to make that mistake. He just said, uh, so how many here want Donald Trump to get the nomination again and get reelected as president? And the whole place broke out in applause. <laughs> now, Tom, here's, I think, a little interesting point. I think in the primary in Florida that Ron DeSantis will get a lot of votes in the presidential primary in DeSantis. I think Mike Pence will get a good number of votes. A lot of people will get a, a lot of votes. Um, but why are everybody at these breakfasts uh, saying they're going to vote for Trump? Because these are the loyal viewer, viewers of Fox News, and they're Trumpian. And so when Fox keeps undermining and taking shots at Trump – they are blowing up their own audience. Here's the thing, and I find it ironic and yet powerfully compelling. We haven't heard anything about it, and it's, <clears throat> it's a shame. Trump's uh, uh, brain package, his, his support team, America First Policies, has done what we didn't do in, <clears throat> in 2016, I'll be honest. This is 
um, a shadow presidency, a shadow cabinet that has done sensational policy work. They've built the America First Agenda pillars. It's broken down. There are hundreds of action items. The reimposition of Schedule F to handle uh, government employees that go rogue, giving patients more control over their health care, giving parents more control over the education of their kids, getting our economy back on track, um, restoring our historic commitment to, to, to freedom and equality, true freedom and equality, peace through strength. I mean, Donald Trump has done this time what he didn't do in 2016, which led everyone to believe he was um, not terribly organized, not thoughtful. This is incredibly thoughtful, incredibly detailed, far more than any other Republican, Ron DeSantis included, has done. <clears throat> and I would simply encourage folks, if they haven't yet, Gary, to, to head to um, AmericaFirstPolicy.com and check it out. I mean, this is... It's a very stuff, very intriguing. Very. Uh, yep. And uh, and, you know, he's he's not going to need four years of on the job training any, <laughs> anymore. That that's for sure. If it ends up working out for him, Tom, I think we probably should take a break. And then when we come back. Uh, I, I want to mention to you uh, that, that we're uh, actually uh, putting this podcast together on the anniversary of a very important speech. But why don't you take us out for a second? We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you, the Bauer and Rose podcast, uh, way late on our break. Um, what is the anniversary today? Not the death of, not the 70th anniversary of the death of Joseph Stalin. That was yesterday. No, no. It's the 40th anniversary of uh, Ronald Reagan uh, giving the speech before the National Association of Evangelicals in Orlando, Florida, that became uh, known as the, I guess it was the evil the empire evil, speech. Uh, empire <clears throat> speech. And, um, uh, I was um, I was rereading it this morning. This this tells you how bizarre of a person I am. I get up, I have coffee, and I sit down and read old Reagan speeches. Uh, but this jumped out at me um, because it's so um, it's so appropriate for today. Two quotes. Here's the first one. Speaking of the Soviet Union, he said, "At the same time, however, they must be made to understand." We, must, we will never compromise our principles and standards. We will never give away our freedom. We will never abandon our belief in God. But, Tom, that's exactly what we're doing. We've been doing it for the last 40 years at least. I mean, the Soviet Union ended up falling. But by every measurement, Americans believe in God less than they did 40 years ago. We've tried to kick God out of the public square. Uh, and, done a, and, and done a very good job at it. Yep. And the other one is, he says this, yes, let us pray for the salvation of all those who live in that totalitarian darkness. Pray they will discover the joy of knowing God. But until they do, let us be aware 
that while they preach the supremacy of the state, declare its omnipotence over individual man, and predict its eventual domination of all peoples on the earth, they are the focus of evil in the modern world. Well, that's exactly what we're fighting now, right? The domination of the state. That's the modern Democrat Party. The modern Democrat Party is the home of overwhelmingly the home of those Americans that no longer believe in God. That's just a fact. Atheists, agnostics, 80, 90 percent of them self-identify as members of the Democrat Party. They are the home that says that government has the right to tell you how you live. They want us to bow down to their religion, which is a religion of the state, a a religion that wants us to worship the creation, not the creator. Uh, A a religion now, by the way, uh, Tom, that says, uh, forget what God said about creating men and women, two genders. There are 52 genders, and you will kneel down and worship at that altar of 52 genders or else, and we will teach your children that there are 52 genders or else, and if you dare to stand in our way, we will take every dollar away from your organization, your uh, anti-poverty group, your religious organization, your public school you will worship as we tell you to worship or else. So the irony is godless Marxism and socialism was defeated by Ronald Reagan. And now in America, we've got to fight it all over again right here. And quite frankly, Tom, in my view, we're losing. Of course we're losing. That was the speech also when he asked, you know, is everything in the Judeo-Christian <clears throat> uh, tradition wrong? Are we to believe that something as sacred as uh, God's consecration of human value is something physical like the Soviets believe and we can just dump it. And then he, he also adumbrated the battle of today about parents' rights in that speech. Yes. Don't parents have a right to watch out about the counsel that their kids are getting in public schools and to speak out if what they think they're being taught in public schools will lead them, namely their children, to, uh, to harm I mean, he said that 40 years, I guess it was 40 years ago today. Tom, in March, on March 20th, from March 20th to March 25th, in the Austin, Texas school system, Austin, Texas school system has 75,000 students in 13 high schools, 18 middle schools, 79 elementary schools. March 20th to 25th is LGBT pride week they have a whole website set up with this huge new flag that encompasses the trans movement the students in the school system will be given out buttons for their favorite pronouns that they want to call themselves there will be speakers etc now how do we how did we get to the place in a country where adults can be celebrating with children particular sexual manifestations of sexual behavior in a public school system. This is insane, Tom. And the people and the parents that would object to this are labeled fascists and Nazis and book boner burners and, and you know, all kinds of terrible names. It, so look, Austin, Texas is a very liberal city. 
So in that sense, it's not that surprising. But this crap, that's I mean, and I would use more profound words than that. This crap is being put in schools all over the country, places like Wichita, Kansas, is telling their teachers not to tell parents if their child has told the teacher the child wants to transition to a different gender. I mean, this is insane. And if we can't get a handle on this, forget defeating communist China. A country that's going down this road is so morally depraved, it won't be able to fight its way out of a paper bag. It'll have no will to fight. Despite the capability that we have, the two things for a successful military campaign are capability and will. We can have all the capability in the world. If we don't have the will, it doesn't matter. It, yep. just, it just doesn't matter. We are out of time. Can I have a, I have a confession to make? <clears throat> yes. I love your confession. I'm looking to you to give me uh, rabbinical guidance. Uh-oh. Don't do it. We have, because you've had this, you've had, we, our tradition is that um, in mourning for a parent or God forbid a child, um, we're not supposed to shave for 30 days. And I'm going out of my mind. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I can do it. I, I'm going out of my mind. You did it. You had, you know, your whole thing going on there for months. Um, is there a pill you can take? Is there, I mean, I just, it's driving me insane. Well, I don't want to start giving you advice on pills to take, Tom, but uh, <laughs> that's between you and your special other person. But, uh, well, uh, we don't have that tradition about. No, but you days. had a beard for a long time. Well, I still have this little uh, place that looks like I missed something when I was shaving. Um, you, you know, I, the, when in the first days that you don't shave, it feels terrible. But then that that ends in a couple more days. So, you, you know, I know you take your faith seriously. And uh, so I would I would give it a couple more days. I think you'll find out that it's not as hard as uh, as it might look. It feels uh, so dirty. It feels like I just, uh, I can't stand you know. it. I can't stand it. So um, I'm just telling folks, if we come back uh, at the next Baron Rose podcast and I'm clean shaven, you'll know why this is audio and not video. <laughs> okay, I won't tell on you, Tom. It's between, between you and Yahweh. Yeah, it's, there you go. There you go. There you go. Well, I think that wraps it up for us today. We will catch you later in the week. And don't forget, every Sunday on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, the Bower and Rose podcast hits the air. Have a great couple days, everybody. Have a great day. <laughs>